spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on Community Focus today, where we always look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Now, when we talk about people who are, quote, unquote, on the spectrum, people with Asperger's or autism, Down syndrome, the words you usually hear are mentally disabled or challenged or special needs. And I love talking to Paul Salarulo because what we do is take out all of the negative words and get to special because each of these individuals is an individual with their own thoughts, their own desires, and different ways of expressing it. And Paul has experience with this. And that's why we love supporting Salarulo's 5K walk run for champions to benefit Special Olympics. Paul, good morning. Thanks for being good with morning. us. Thank you. My pleasure. I wish we had more uh, races so I can talk to you more often. <laughs> I know. It's you know, once or twice a year. But listen, That's it. your race makes such a huge impact. You raise so much money for Special Olympics Florida. Tell us what is unique about Special Olympics and how it helps boost people who have some sort of challenge that they have to overcome. Well, first of all, we all have challenges that we have to overcome, and I'm still working on mine. Yeah. So what Special Olympics does, it enables people to show what they can do. It shows off their abilities. And that's what we concentrate on, what they can do, not what they have challenges for. So we have 23 sports. There's so many sports that they can choose from. Many choose one, many choose, like my son has about six or seven different sports that he likes to do. So there's something for everyone. And it really gives them the confidence that they need to feel good about themselves because, you know, things are getting better for people with some challenges. People are more accepting of them. So society is getting it finally after all these years. And basically all our athletes are included in everything right now. So it just gives them an opportunity to shine on something that they know how to do best. Tell us about how Special Olympics works with people of all ages to bring out this part of them that has been untapped? Well, you know, first we have to talk to the family and we'll find out what they like to do. Some like to do team sports. Some like to do individual sports. They may just want to bowl or swim or run track. So we got to know the personality first and what it is that the athlete likes to do. You know, and then what we find out, too, is 64 percent of our athletes' families are below poverty level. So we find out that some of them don't even have a car. We have to have transportation to get them either from their home or from their school or facility that they're at and get them to practice because they practice all the time. Most people think that it's just four times a year we do something for the athletes. It's every day. So the key is to first find out their likes and what they want to try. And, um, you know, there's just so much for them to choose from. But we do get the families involved and make sure that everybody works together to do the right thing for their child. Yeah, it's really it's a group effort. I'm really struck by that statistic that 64 percent of the families are below poverty level. Is there a correlation? Is that because it costs them so much more as they're raising a child with needs? Is it expensive? to have a child with special needs, of course. And that's why Special Olympics pays for everything. Special Olympics pays for their uniforms, their transportations, their food, when they have to go out of town and so forth. 
so the families don't have to worry about any of that. And not too many programs do that. And that's why we need to raise as much money as we can, because we're not federally funded. So that's why we have the race and bring all people in. So this race is for good runners, the best runners, and for our athletes who run a lot faster and better than I do. And most of our athletes even beat the uh, so-called normal people. Yeah. Well, they train like professional athletes. When you say they're working out every day and you can see it in the pictures, you know, with the defined muscles and they're fit and they are eager and excited and ready to go. What's it like on the day of Salarulo's 5K walk run for Special Olympics, the race for champions, when these so-called normal people mix with the Special Olympics Well, it's, it's, it's probably the same feeling I had 50 years ago when I was new to all of this. Here I was, a 16-year-old kid with long hair at the time because it was the 60s and 70s, and I met these athletes. And uh, a couple of them are really going to hit you hard. They're going to get to you. And that's what I'm hoping for. That's why I try to bring these people in, because I'm a 66-year-old man, and we need these young kids to come over and take over. And that's why we decided to have the race so they can come in and connect with one of our athletes. That's all it's going to take. And that will be their life journey as well. And it has happened. I mean, we have so many young people coming to the race, particularly the students of Nova Southeastern University, FAU, Broward College, because it's around the same area. And they've all started groups, whether it's Best Buddies or Special Olympics, to help these athletes. And as you know, our office is at Nova Southeastern University. So we get a lot of students come by and volunteer to help them out. But to see that, to see it actually happening on campus of NSU is thrilling. We have a couple of thousand people there mixing with each other, and it's just a great feeling. It's just next week, Saturday, November 4th, at Nova Southeastern, of course. And when you do this, it's more than just a race. It's a carnival. It's a festival. It's a family affair. Tell us everything that happens and what time we need to be there. Well, registration starts at 7 o'clock, but the race starts at 8 o'clock. So people should be there earlier because there's a lot of people coming to Nova Southeast University at the same time. There's plenty of parking. The race begins at 8. Once that's over, like any other race, you know, we have medals to hand out to people in their category, all ages are participating. And each participant receives a medal as well. So whether they win or not, everyone gets a medal from one of our athletes. But everybody participates. It's great. And some volunteers decide to walk with some of our athletes or run with the athletes. And then breakfast will be served. Lunch will be served. So it really is more of a carnival type of setting. And there's a lot of games for the kids to do. And there's a lot to learn there, too. We have a lot of tents with groups like Best Buddies and Ant Stalk Center. You know, people who help people with challenges are all going to be there to provide information to the families and those who want to come on how to make them better than they are. You know, if for no other reason, that is a great reason for families who have members with special needs to come out and be part of Salarulo's Race for Champions, because there are often people who don't know where to turn. So now you're talking about organizations who can devote time directly to the people with special needs. And again, as I mentioned about Special Olympics, what's so special, (laughs) in addition to everything else, is you don't age out of the program. Right. So someone can be with Special Olympics forever, right? Correct. I mean, we have kids coming from young ages to over 90 years old. There's no age limit. 
And that is also a really amazing thing to see when a 90-year-old is crossing the finish line and a 90-year-old who has dealt with challenges their whole life and been through the changes in society and, as you say, the cultural changes where there's now an acceptance, where you see more people with Down syndrome on television or actors, programs about or that feature people with autism as a regular character. It's got to be such a great feeling for all of them to, you know, we talk about role models and how what we see is what we believe we can do. So the more that people who have challenges see others like themselves achieving things, the more they believe and then they come to something like Special Olympics or Best Buddies or the Ann Stork Center. And now you've got care and you also have camaraderie and all of that works to build a team. If I remember It's not so much competitive in an ugly way, the way some team sports are. There's something very special, really, about people with special needs. You know this from personal experience. I do. I mean, I watch kids fall while they're running, and the the whole team stops, picks them up, and they don't care who wins or who loses. It's just about participating. You know, years ago, I think it was society that made parents be embarrassed of their children, and that's why you didn't see much, but it doesn't work that way anymore. Parents are proud of their children. You know, my son has talents that he's a great singer. He remembers all the words for every song, no matter whether it's Frank Sinatra or the new stuff. But everybody's gifted. Everybody has their own gifts. And it's time that it, it has happened where society has enabled everybody to shine. And that's what it's all about. Special Olympics allows our athletes to shine. And it's not just for the day. It's every day of their lives. They have something to look forward to. So if someone is listening and they have a family member or a loved one or a friend with special needs, how do they get in touch with Special Olympics to become part of the program? They can just look us up. It's Special Olympics Broward County. There's telephone numbers listed. Call the executive director and someone will be happy to talk to them about how they can get involved. Okay, and for anyone who wants to be part of Salarulo's Race for Champions next Saturday at Nova Southeastern University, the website where they can sign up? It's just Salarulo's Race for Champions. Just put it, just Google it, and all the information is there. You have an auction that goes along with the event, another way to raise funds for Special Olympics. I was looking at some of the auction items because you can bid online now. And it's unbelievable the deals you can get right now. There are trips, electronics, spa packages, jewelry, memorabilia. There's always the autographed pictures of sports figures. And the deals are amazing. There are trips to St. Augustine, Atlantis, Paradise Island, the wine specialties, um, the restaurants. You know, so many restaurants in South Florida came together and donated dinners and packages. You could make yourself a tourist bidding on these (laughs) items and just going to all these different places. How do you get who goes and gets all of these things to be donated? Well, it's real easy. We live in the most charitable county in America. Mm. We really do. And all you have to do is ask. Everyone loves Special Olympics. Everyone knows someone who enjoys Special Olympics. So it's real easy. So we just that's that's what we do. Go around knocking on a few doors ask our friends to participate, and we don't get any no's. So we're really excited about how the community comes together and uh, always does the right thing for our athletes. And it's not only for this race, too. They participate all year round. Yeah. I I mean, there are so many charities, and we do as much as we can to provide as much as we can. And 
It's always gratifying to see when our listeners come out. And I'm so excited that I will be there along with Cox Media Group. And we're excited about it. Do you still need volunteers? We can always use volunteers. I mean, we'll always find something that they'll do when they get there. Okay. Uh, Should they call someone or again, go to the website? Go to the website and all the instructions are there. Okay. I I cheated. I looked it up. It's champions5k.org. You'll find everything there that you need from registration to the teams. If you're not ready to go by yourself, you can join a team or you can support a team and make a donation. And of course, you can bid on those auction items and find information on how to participate, how to give back to this large population of people who are special with their special needs. Anything else that we need to know or you want us to know about Salarula's 5K or Special Olympics? Yes, I'd like all your listeners to know that you are my favorite ambassador for people with special needs, and I thank you for that. Thank you. No, no, no. I I say that because it's the truth, and we look forward to seeing you there. We look forward to seeing your fans there. You're a lady with a big heart, and uh, we love you for that. Thank you so much. Paul Salarulo, we're going to see you on stage two next Saturday, 8 a.m. Join us at Nova Southeastern University for Salarulo's Race for Champions. It's a 5K. You can run it, you can walk it, or you can just come out and have a good time, all to benefit Special Olympics Florida. Can't wait to see you and give you a big hug, Paul. Thank you, Alan. Can't wait to see you, too. Thanks, Thanks for everything. For our next segment of Community Focus, we're gearing up for the Fort Lauderdale Kidney Walk next Saturday, November 4th at Plantation Central Park. And we wanted to get more information about kidney disease and why this walk is so important. So I'm very happy to welcome Barbara Chapman, Regional Development Director with the National Kidney Foundation of Florida. Barbara, thank you for talking to us today. Thank you so much for having me, Ellen. Uh, I know we're very excited about the walk, but I really wanted to get a little bit into the aspect of kidney disease, what it is and who is affected. So let's start with what is chronic kidney disease? Okay, well, chronic kidney disease basically means your kidneys are damaged and no longer able to keep you healthy by filtering your blood, which is what they do. I saw a little statistic that said, 33% of people are affected by this. That's an enormous amount. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, And that represents like one in three people. And the scary part about kidney disease is that there are no early symptoms. So by the time people find out that they may have it, they could be in some of the latter stages. So yeah, 33% is a large number. Yeah. What are some of the risk factors? Why do people get kidney disease? Okay, well, there are two main risk factors. The first one is diabetes followed by high blood pressure. So those are the two main risk factors. But there's also some other factors. For example, if there's a family history of kidney disease, uh, if you have a history of heart disease, if you're obese or overweight, and even if you're over the age of 60, uh, that puts you at risk because as we age, our kidneys age with us. So you automatically start to lose a small percentage of your kidney function once you hit the age of 60 and on. But diabetes and high blood pressure are the two main risk factors. Oh, and considering the number of people in America who have either or both diabetes and high blood pressure, now I understand why those statistics are so high. Are there populations that are more prone to get kidney disease? 
Yes, unfortunately, there are. I mean, anyone could, you know, get kidney disease. Even children sometimes get kidney disease. But people of color, specifically African-Americans, are at three and a half times higher risk, followed by Hispanic and Latino Americans at one and a half times higher. Mm. Uh, Unfortunately, you know, African-Americans make up about 13 percent of the population, but account for 35% of people with kidney failure in the United States. Yeah, definitely a disproportionate amount. So if there are not really ways to recognize that you have kidney disease, what happens if it just keeps going undetected? Well, you go into kidney failure and once your kidneys fail, you only have two options to live because you can't reverse kidney failure. So you either have to go on dialysis or get a kidney transplant. But there are two tests that can detect the health of the kidneys. One is a urine test that will detect protein leakage. So it picks up albumin, which is a type of protein, and protein should stay in your blood. It should never show up in your urine, just like blood should not show up. So if that happens, that's one of the markers, and that's what happens when you have the urine test. The other test is a blood test. The blood test will determine just how well your kidneys are filtering your blood filtering out the toxins and the waste and excess fluids, but it also generates a GFR number, and that stands for glomerular filtration rate. That number is very important because that number will determine just what stage of kidney disease you Mm. may have. So it's important for people to know that number and to get tested. Now, is that something that would be tested under a normal annual blood test or do you need to ask your doctor or should your doctor already know, for example, if you have diabetes, that they should be testing you for kidney disease? Well, yes, on some of those questions. So, yes, everybody generally gets an annual exam every year, which includes a urine test and a blood test. And yes, the doctor should be looking at those lab results and advising the patient on whether or not there's some markers showing up. That doesn't always happen, which is why it's so important for your listening audience to educate themselves and to know how to read those lab results. So even if you have the urine test and the blood test and the doctor doesn't acknowledge it, it's important for the patient to ask and have that conversation with the doctor and and ask him, how are my kidneys? What are my numbers? And hopefully that will trigger a conversation between the patient and the doctor. Okay. And when you talk about educating yourself, would it be fair to guess that that's one of the key things that the National Kidney Foundation of Florida does? Yes, it is. Very much so. The National Kidney Foundation of Florida is dedicated to the treatment, prevention, and awareness of kidney disease. And that is our mission to make sure that we educate the public on all things kidney health and to make them aware of the risk factors for kidney disease. But we also offer uh, many other programs and services to the kidney community, to dialysis patients, as well as kidney recipients. What kind of programs and services do you have? How can someone access them too? 
Okay, well, some of the services that we have, one is our Keep Healthy screening program that allows us to go into communities, organizations, and companies to actually assess the risk for employees or just people in general by doing the urine test. When we do our uh, screening event, we will test the urine and we will know right on the spot if there is protein leakage. Uh, at that time, the person will consult with a healthcare professional and then may be referred, if it's at a high level, refer back to their primary or a nephrologist, which is uh, someone who specializes in kidneys. But we also have our direct patient aid program that offers financial assistance to dialysis and kidney patients. Some patients are going to dialysis, need transportation, they need help with food and utilities. So our direct patient fund will assist them in that area, as well as our Hearthon fund, which assists kidney recipients specifically for those immunosuppressant drugs that they have to take for the rest of their lives. And those can be quite costly. Yeah. And then on the yeah, and on the education piece, that's what I do a lot of. I go out to health fairs. I also host presentations in person and virtual to talk about kidney health and kidney disease awareness. And then we also have a kidney patient support group, which is really good because if someone is newly diagnosed, it can be very frightening for them. And so this gives them an opportunity to be a part of a group that meets on a monthly basis to ask questions and just be among others who have had similar experience or just to get more information. Yeah, nothing like having someone who understands what you're talking about to commune with and really help give you that support system. Um, if there's a company that hears that you will come to them and do this testing, how do they reach out to you and schedule that? They can actually reach out to me directly. They can call me at 954-947-4033, or they can send me an email at bchatman, C-H-A-T as in Tom, M-A-N at kidney, F-L-A, Dot .org and that way I can talk with them and share with them the process for the keep screening event and hopefully get something scheduled for them. Okay. And then for someone who is dealing with kidney disease and would like to, you know, receive some of these other services you provide, what is the website for them to go to? The website is kidneyfl.org. That's kidney F as in Frank, L as in Larry, dot O-R-G. So no A as in your email. No A as in my email. And okay. then they can also call me directly as well. Okay, great. And obviously with the kind of funding that you're providing, the programs that you're providing, I'm going to guess that that's why this kidney walk is so important. You must yes. do fundraisers to support what you're doing as a nonprofit that's providing. These are very expensive services. So we're going to get together next Saturday, the 4th, at Plantation Central Park. What can our walkers, runners expect? Yes, we are super excited, Ellen, about our Fort Lauderdale Kidney Walk. And you're absolutely right. Uh, this is one of our main fundraising events. We actually host about 10 walks throughout the state of Florida. And it does help with our programs and the services. All proceeds raised goes towards our mission. But we're super excited about the Fort Lauderdale Walk because I oversee and coordinate that walk. And it's coming up 
next Saturday, uh, November 4th. I really want to encourage all of your listeners to go on our walk website, which is fortlauderdalekidneywalk.org. They can put in F-T-R-F-O-R-T, Lauderdale Kidney Walk. That org it will come up, and we encourage them to register and come out and just be a part of something great. You know, the Fort Lauderdale Kidney Walk, it's more than a walk. It's really about bringing the community together so that we're united together in one cause to celebrate life and to celebrate each other. But more importantly, it gives us an opportunity and a platform to raise awareness about kidney disease. And that's what we want to do. And we want to have fun doing it. So the walk is going to take place at 8.30 for our opening ceremony. We have lots of sponsors. We have a kids zone for the children. Home Depot is coming out with their children's workshop. We're going to have face painting. And so we're just going to have a lot of fun. The walk itself is maybe two and a half miles. So it's not a long walk at all, but it's just going to be a day of fun and just really, really getting an understanding on the importance of good kidney health. I love the optimistic view, the positivity about this. You know, it's sometimes these things can get really heavy and you just have such a it just already feels like it's going to be a great vibe with people having a good time for a great purpose. Can people register on site if they just suddenly wake up Saturday morning and go, yeah, yeah, I want to do this, but I didn't register? Yes, absolutely. We will have our welcome center there in the main pavilions uh, so they can just come up and register on site. We have a a QR code. They can just scan the QR code, which will take them directly to the WAC website and they can register on the day off. And also do donations the same way. Oh, great. There's no fee. It's just a donation process for participation. Yes, there's no fee for the walk. You know, like some charity events do have registration fees. We don't have any fee, but it is a fundraiser. So we hope that the people who are coming out to participate will support us with a a donation. Okay. And do you encourage them to do fundraising on their own? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially, you know, if someone has a team, if they want to walk on behalf of a loved one or a friend, they can band together and then do their fundraising and then they can register online as a team and then donate directly online. But yes, we encourage people to do additional fundraising themselves and then uh, just make it a, a family and friends event. Okay, it sounds wonderful. Again, the website, FortLauderdaleKidneyWalk.org. And you may not have thought about it, but when you hear those statistics and when you find out that diabetes and high blood pressure are key factors in risk of kidney disease, it makes it much more personal. And you realize that really anybody could be at risk. So we encourage people to, number one, take care of yourself. What better prevention than getting some good exercise in the morning? And again, contact the National Kidney Foundation of Florida if you have questions. And you can contact Barbara Chapman directly at 954-947-4033. We'll put this information on our events listing so people can also go there and find all the links. 
You've been great. I mean, so much information and so clear. So Plantation Central Park is the place to be next Saturday, 8.30 a.m. registration or register in advance. Go to our website or FortLauderdaleKidneyWalk.org. Barbara Chapman, you have been wonderful. Thank you so much for all your knowledge. And we look forward to seeing you next Saturday. Regional Development Director for the National Kidney Foundation of Florida. Thank you so much, Ellen. I really appreciate it. A pleasure. And thank you for listening to Community Focus this morning. If you have questions about today's show or would like to suggest a topic, please feel free to email me at ellen.jaffe, J-A-2-F-S-1-E, at cmg.com. You can also leave comments on our open mic feature on our app that you can download from the iTunes or App Store. We'd love to know what you think. And please join us again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus. Have a great day. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.